actually doing it. It's another episode of Trouble Consultants, the life and times of the Dirty Pair, uh, a podcast where we go episode by episode and video by video of the Dirty Pair anime and re- talk about our reactions to the madness that is 80s sci-fi anime. Um <laughs> We do this from the perspective of a classic anime fan, a modern anime fan, and someone who may be an anime fan but has never seen Dirty Pair before. Uh, my name is Aaron Mills. I am the uh, one of your co-hosts, who the classic anime fan who grew up in the era that this came out. Um, with me is my co-host uh, Liam Cunningham, aka Lack the Watcher, who represents our our modern anime fan. Hello, everybody, and it's funny you bring that up, because happy 40th anniversary of Dirty Pair, everybody. Is it? Hey. Is it yeah. really? Yeah. 2020 is the 40th anniversary. Oh, so but- I'm really hoping we get something new, but I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> no. So. No, probably not. So that would I, I would assume that means the 40th anniversary of like the publication of the first light novel. Before. Yeah, the first yeah. light novel. Although, Dirty Pair is getting more popular lately, so you never know. Who knows? We might get more listeners. Doubtful, because I, I, I cannot podcast. I have no idea how to get the podcast to the things. <laughs> like, I host this thing on Anchor, and then it just sends me emails. Oh, it's available here, 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 and here, but never anywhere that people actually go for podcasts. It's great. I mean, staying, yeah. yeah. I, can, I can help you with that if you want, but yeah. speaking of, I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> and representing our uh, fan who has never seen Dirty Pair before until we gave him his homework assignments, uh, we have Rosenthorn. Hello, everybody. I am indeed Rosenthorn. I am uh, a pretty big anime fan. Uh, I think my anime experience kind of goes back to like the late 90s with, uh, obviously, Pokemon Digimon, but uh, even Adult Swim with Case Closed and a uh, little bit of Lupin. All right. And I just... Go ahead. And even today, with uh, stuff like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, uh, Keep Your Hands Off Isaacin, Dr. Stone, just great, great stuff. All right. Awesome. Uh, I, I still want to watch Isaacin. I haven't gotten so to it yet. It's, but... it's the best anime of the year. It's so good. <laughs> don't feel bad, Liam. I haven't watched it either, but I don't really have much of an interest. But we're not going to get into that. Don't at me. <laughs> don't at me. We're not gonna, I'm not going to get into that. Um, Look at me. What? It's a Phoenix Wright reference. There's a character named Luke at me because every name in Phoenix Wright's a pun. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's going to be a great episode. Alrighty. Yeah. Now we are Did doing they... something a little bit different um, because our last episode, if you may recall, only ran about half an hour talking about one episode. Uh, we've decided to go ahead and talk about both episodes two and three this time around. Uh, we will be talking about, first off, episode two, which we promised last time, episode two of the uh, TV series, uh, Do Lovely Angels Prefer Chest Hair? Uh, we will also be talking about episode three, Go Ahead, Fall in Love, Love is Russian Roulette. Um, <laughs> Japanese like titles. novel titles. Uh, Japanese titles are weird. They just I are. Mean, when you directly yeah. translate them, they just come out really, really weird. And I some mean, Rosa, t- they, they were light novels. <laughs> To begin oh, with, were? yeah, well, yeah. Well, you never listen. He never listened to the first episode of this podcast. <laughs> you traitor! You Get out! You didn't, <laughs> you didn't advertise it. <laughs> I advertise it everywhere. It's not my fault. It's been you know almost what six months since we've done one of these. Well, there yeah. you go. That's I actually was, my fault. So. <laughs> I was busy with moving at the time. <laughs> God. All right. So let's go ahead and first. Um, 
So, Rosen, having watched two episodes of Dirty Pair, before we get into the specifics of the episode, what is your what was your overall um, reaction to Dirty Pair as a concept? Oh, I love the concept. I mean, it's it's pretty simple, but it's done well. Uh, just two badass women crime fighting. Simple, simple stuff, but really fun. And this should be right up your alley, since they're essentially their entire look is based off female Japanese wrestlers. So, ja- Japanese I mean, wrestling is the very reason that Dirty Pair exists. Yeah, I, <laughs> um, I did. I did expect to see Bull Nakano or Aja Kong. Not gonna lie. <laughs> Aaron, I just realized how many of our friends are wrestling fans. I know. So probably... <laughs> I know. I mean, hell, I, hell, oh, I run a wrestling I podcast. I get the feeling throughout this series we're going to be getting a lot of wrestling references that neither of us <laughs> Oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> anyway. Alright, so we're going to start uh, off... Actually, uh, I looked it up. The Dirty Pair were flat off based off of a specific wrestling group. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 the yep. We, we okay. actually didn't know that. But... Okay. We do our research... Okay. We just, okay. you know, have a hard time getting together to actually talk about that research. <laughs> yeah. I get you. He said, sitting on a small mountain of <laughs> dirty pair memorabilia. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, we're going to talk about the first ep- the episode two of the TV series. Uh, do lovely angels prefer chest hair? The answer is no. Well, we're going to we're going to answer that question. Flat out, um, yeah. because that question is answered about five minutes into the episode. Um, the basic premise here is that there is a company, Cosmoplane Flights or Airlines or Space Lines or something. Basically, it's a it's it's an it's the you know twenty second century equivalent of an air of an airline flying between yeah. planet and planet, and basically all their ships of late have been blowing up. They don't know why. Uh, so they have contacted the 3WA to look into it. Uh, the 3WA uh, assigns Kay and Yuri to the case, but much to their chagrin, they also have to answer to a more senior agent um, named uh, Nova Grave. And this is not exactly the best way to introduce the man in question, because when we're introduced to Nova Grave, he's much older my guess is, given the way this show acts... Now, I would like to recall, remind everyone that, canonically, Kay and Yuri are both 19 at the beginning okay. of this series. So, and generally refer to anyone older than them as an old person. <laughs> like, anybody. Like, I mean, even only a couple of years old, they're like granddad. <laughs> his design does make you think he's, like, early 40s. Early, late 30s, early... Could be anywhere from mid-30s to early 40s, yeah. Yeah. Um, Grave is a specialist in corporate crime, but when we meet him, he is stretched out on the couch in Chief Gooley's office, and we'll talk about Gooley in a minute, with what is basically a fucking porn mag on his face. Yeah. Like, it is literally called Playhouse. I feel like if we had gotten a live-action Dirty Pair at the time, Harrison Ford would have been perfect for Nova Grave. (laughs) Grave Runner. Grave Runner. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Um... Now, before we get into the thing in there, we would like to take a moment and talk about Chief Cooley, who we <laughs> finally meet in this episode. Uh, the long-suffering boss of Kay and Yuri, who... The, the, the commissioner to the Dirty Pairs Inspector Gadget. <laughs> the Chief Quimby. Chief Quimby, that's it, that's it. <laughs> 
<laughs> the car- You know, I think he'd actually be played by Cameron Mitchell. Where he's still alive. Will you close the fucking space shuttle? <laughs> close the fucking space doors! <laughs> oh, I don't get that reference at all. Anyway, um... Yeah, so Chief Ghoulie will be cropping up here and there. Basically, he is pretty much every chief you've ever seen and every cop who doesn't play by the rules thing in there without... with Actually, considerably less yelling, which is actually kind of interesting. Actually, one of the most endearing things about, about, um, about Ghoulie is the fact that he genuinely loves them. Like, he really sees them as, like... He tries to, like defend them when he can, as much as fr- as frustrating as they are. For well, you actually see this, because we see him with this weaselly little assistant throughout this episode who keeps using the Dirty Pair nickname, and Ghoulie keeps correcting him to their actual yeah. code name, which is... the Lovely Angels. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, see, it's one of those things, it's like, they may be a pain in the ass, but by God, they're his pain in the ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, anyway, so, the basic thrust of the episode, um... So Kay and Yuri go off with Grave, and unfortunately, because he's senior, they have to answer to them, and so Kay's not happy about this, and pretty much bitches the entire time. You'll notice Kay tends to bitch quite a bit as you watch these episodes. (laughs) Um, If any little thing goes wrong that she doesn't like, Kay will spend the entire episode more or less bitching about it. Um, But uh, Yuri's a little more (laughs) passive-aggressive. Yeah. Well, Yuri knows how to, like, talk to men. Yeah. I think that's kind of the implication, is that she knows how to, like, charm a man more than Kay does. Yeah. So. Um, well, I mean, the, the vibe is pretty obvious. Like, it, it's weird that the one more more obviously uh, hetero-leaning is named Yuri. <laughs> I mean, you you say that, and then we've got the next episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Um, yeah, so... It's it's weird. As we've established, Kay and Yuri are very comfortable in their sexuality. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk about more about that when we talk about episode three. But, um, so, basically, uh, the... The the three of them go and get on this new, new, um, on this new, uh ship that's about to take off. They check the place out. Uh, Graves ordering them around. So basically for the first half of the episode, it's Grave ordering them around to do things and you know, uh, they go undercover as, as passengers and basically Grave tells them he's checking everything out and he needs them and they're pretty much here to check out the ladies room. That's why they're here. It's to see if there's a bomb in the ladies room. That's, that is essentially the reason Kay and Yuri are assigned to this case. Um, or at least that's as far as Grave. Now, of course, Grave denies this uh, when they try to call him out on it, and he basically just says, no, 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 I just told the central computer all the facts of the case, and they assigned you to it. That's all that happened. That's the only reason. Which may be true, but still. <laughs> um, How do they get paid? Say what? Yeah, I just I just realized that. How do they get paid? I think it's probably just like you know, um, direct deposit. I guess so. <laughs> it would have yeah, to be. 
Again, if one they, of those. If they're just assigned missions like that. It would have to be like monthly, I would assume. Yeah, I'm pretty so. sure they're probably like on salary or something like that. Yeah. Because um, uh, one of the running gags is they're always trying to weasel bonuses out of Ghoulie. So right. I mean, they're they're probably paid in space exposure, <laughs> where they die. I yes. mean, they are, they are probably the best known members of the three WA. So <laughs> the best known for better or for worse. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so. At a certain point, basically, Kay and Yuri decide, well, fuck what this guy thinks. We're just going to take care of it ourselves. And Kay gets ready to go, uh, after the ship takes off and it's in the, and it's in space, Kay gets ready to just go check the exterior of the hull herself to see what's going on. Uh, meanwhile, Grave spots two Blues Brothers-looking motherfuckers. Um, <laughs> seriously, that's what, the, that's what I love about this. It's like, it's the future, but everybody still wears two-piece suits. Um... <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? Not do your space business? <laughs> had Blues Brothers come out yet? Yes, Blues uh, Brothers was... Four, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, well, there you go. I mean, this entire show is kind of a tribute to Sunrise's love of American cinema. Pretty yeah. much, so. yeah. Um, yeah, so, and for some reason, from what I understand, Blues Brothers was, like, insanely huge in, um, in Japan. That's interesting. I didn't actually... Because I have seen, I cannot tell you how many anime I've seen from this era where there's been some sort of reference to the Blues Brothers. Hmm. Like, I literally saw, you know, in one of those scenes, I don't remember which one it was, but I saw some 80s anime, it might have been Bubblegum Crisis of all things, where... I mean, that makes sense. Where so. just, you know, when you they just need, like, a bunch of text to flash on screens and whatnot, I'm pretty sure I saw the names Jake and Elwood Blues show up. <laughs> Somewhere. I mean, I mean, Gunsmith Cats exists. That's all you, all you yeah, know. Yeah, pretty much. Gunsmith right. Cats exists. I mean, I mean, BGC is just like Streets of Fire mixed with Blade Runner. So yeah, pretty I much. It makes sense they'd throw a, like a Blues Brothers Well, I mean, it's getting slightly off topic, but in, the, in that same vein, infamously, there is an episode of Sailor Moon where Ami's printing out some stuff which she claims is like a list of schools in America, and it's in English... And it's the directives from RoboCop. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, Toei. Oh, Toei. What are you going to do? Anyway. Um, so, pretty much, uh, after, while Graves chasing the Blues Brothers looking guys, um, they get confirmation from the airport that two people, two passengers were assaulted and their clothes were stolen. So that's who these guys are. But Kay and Yuri get the idea that what if these two guys, who, by the way, the Blues Brothers-looking guys absolutely suck at being discreet, which we turn out is actually the point, because they're a decoy. Because while uh, Grave decides, when Grave discovers that Kay and Yuri are going to go on their own thing and Kay's going to go check the hull, he just tells them to go ahead and do it after they pretty much say, yeah, we know what you're going to say, we don't care. Um, yep. So, while Kay's out there, three more people show up in spacesuits to just try to sabotage the ship. And funnily like, enough... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, funnily enough, this episode two reminds me of a different episode two. Episode two of Cowboy Bebop with the eco-terrorists. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I think I see what you mean. So... Would either of you like to elaborate on that for the benefit Basically, of our listeners? <laughs> in episode two of Bebop, there's uh, Spike and the crew have to go onto this luxury ship which is being threatened by eco-terrorists. And there's a, there's a laser gun battle on the outside of the ship. 
Oh, okay. In order, to, in order to find a planted bomb. That's the episode they meet Faye, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Right. Anyway, so, uh, uh, at some point, uh, Grave gets shot, putting him out of the action, leaving Kay and Yuri to save the day, because the sabotage does go off, and pretty much the as they discover, the navig- things are going to go... Thing, they stop the bomb, but something's screwy with the navigation system, so they start evacuating the ship in a calm and orderly fashion in the vein of most 80s anime, which of course means everybody's running around screaming like a lunatic. It's like that gift from, uh, I think it's Scary Movie 3 with Leslie Nielsen. Please remain calm and the fucking house is on fire. No, that's not Scary Movie 3, that's actually The Naked Gun. Oh, is it Naked Gun? It's The Naked Gun when the fireworks company is exploding. Oh, it's yeah, two I... different worlds. I do not like. I I love the Naked Gun. I do not remember that scene. Nothing to see here. Please disperse. We're fine. Everything's I mean, fine. Frankly, frankly, every Leslie Nielsen comedy has that. After after the Naked yeah after the Naked Gun movies got big, Leslie Nielsen comedies just started blending together. After yeah, yeah. some were yeah. okay, some were not. Uh, I mean, but, personally, but, I think they peaked at the Shakespeare in the Park joke, but. Moving on. Moving on. Yeah, back getting back on track. Um, so the uh, passengers manage to escape. Um, you know, Grave because he's stoic anime older protagonist guy is going to bravely stay on board to try to keep the ship from crashing into the city that it's heading for. Um, because that's exactly what's happening. It's pulled into the orbit. Uh, the retro rockets aren't firing. Everything's kind of fucked. And uh, the ship is going to crash. And, of course, Kay and Yuri are like, oh, shut up. We're going to take care of this. And they get in there, and they, that's, that's actually where they discover that um, that the retro rockets are screwed. Um, and that they're off course, and they're going to crash. So they decide that they need to launch the rockets, fire the rockets manually. So Kay goes to do that. Uh, Yuri takes over the pilot thing, and Grave literally thinks to himself, I can't show weakness in front of these girls. Yeah, that like, was... asshole, you're shot! Thoughts I'll on... Walk it off. Thoughts on that? Anyone got thoughts on that? No, I, I got... I mean, it was like, the 80s. Like, what do you, you know, what do you... Do a lot of coke that? and vote for Ronald Reagan. <laughs> but, I mean, there's there's an element of that where it's kind of... It's kind of done tongue-in-cheekly where it's kind of this idea that, you know, Graves, you know, represents the sort of idealistic manly man of like Japanese perception in the 80s and I mean that kind of leads into the big twist at the end I mean it's not a big twist but it's a twist that kind of represents the whole arc of their relationship throughout the episode right yeah he is definitely presented as a complete idiot well he's not an idiot he's just I don't know if I'd say that over posturing at least yeah a little chauvinistic not like enough to be offensive, but definitely you know just chauvinistic enough. Yeah, just uh, a, a, a pinch of chauvinism. A pinch of chauvinism, with a soup son okay. of arrogance. Maybe um, you got a stew going. Teach them right. <laughs> anyway, this is the worst podcast ever. Anyway, not while my podcast exists. <laughs> <laughs> you'll get to talk about that later. All right, you you'll get the plug later, Rosen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so 
K basically does probably one of the most badass things I've ever seen her do in any Dirty Pair uh, episode or anime or whatever. Um, it turns out that the cable, there's a cable that's severed, and she's in a spacesuit while she does this, but she, you know, pops open the hatch as they're entering the atmosphere, and then has to take these two giant-ass severed, this two halves of the severed cable, and she just holds them together so the connection can be complete to fire the retro rockets. <laughs> no reaction from her whatsoever. Like, the suit is apparently protecting her enough, but it's like sparks and flashes and almost total epileptic fit-inducing things like that. Like you do. It's the 80s. Um... And, you know, they basically succeed, and uh, they they manage to, well, I won't call it a successful, I mean, they say any landing you can walk away from is a successful one. I don't know if that applies when you're actually shearing the tops off of buildings on your way. Maverick! <laughs> Just shearing the tops off of buildings, and, like, literally, they, like, take out the top of a skyscraper. It's, like, at least ten floors. There's a whole bunch of people who are dead because of that. Um... They take out another building. It looks like a tower of some kind. Don't know if it's a broadcast tower. I don't think it's an office building like that. And then they land in a convenient desert on the outside of the city. Um, and that's pretty much it. Uh, they take the guys they cut the Blues Brothers guys into custody, who apparently rat out the uh, who apparently you know saved their own skins. It turned out it was a rival company that was sabotaging Cosmo Space Lines. Uh to do that and then you know the end of the the end of the episode you know they're all all three of them are friends and graves in the hospital and all that and he says he'd like to work with them again now getting back to the central question of this episode as posed well, by the title, statement as posed by the title do lovely angels prefer chest hair when they are assigned the sign the uh, assigned to work with grave k's first question is do you have chest hair because i don't like guys with chest hair <laughs> and that's like a running thing. It's like as soon as he starts being a jerk, he's like, "I'll bet you he has chest hair." <laughs> you, you know what? You know what I love about that moment with in that is Ghoulie's silent like stumble when he hears her ask that. It's just like the little sound effect that they have when he falls over. It's like, oh Jesus! <laughs> it's like, good God! Not quite a full anime style face plant, but pretty damn close. Yeah, well, that's what I love about it is just the fact that it's so subtle. Uh huh. This is not. This is a comedy series, but it's not as over the top as a lot of anime comedy series are. Yeah, I mean, you would never think that Dirty Pair is a comedy if you watched Affair of Nolandia first. <laughs> no, never. Yeah, I mean, there's funny moments in Affair of Nolandia, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but and you really wouldn't know that if you watched uh, Flight 005 Conspiracy first either. But we'll get into that when we yep. get there. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, anyway, so it's like, so basically we get the, he's like, I'd like to work together. He opens up his shirt. No, not only does he not have chest hair, he's fucking ripped. Yep. <laughs> oh, no, he's hot. <laughs> yeah, it shuts K up pretty goddamn quick. Yuri's not yeah. too, not too, uh, Yuri's pretty impressed herself. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, uh, this one actually isn't a bad episode. This is actually a pretty—it's a pretty again a fairly straightforward one. 
Um, just remember, for those of you watching, older anime tended to be a lot more episodic in nature. It wasn't yeah. like one big story being told across 26 episodes. So It actually makes me sad we never saw Graves again. Yeah. So I mean, there is continuity here. I mean, pretty much this the opening of the episode pretty much shows that Kay and Yuri are more or less getting punished for putting the whole goddamn building on an angle in the in the first episode of the TV series. Yeah. Um but and that that building will continue to have that tilt throughout the rest of the series. Um <laughs> but otherwise it's like little things in the background for continuity nods, nothing really, you know, major um in terms of story beats. Each story is pretty much self-contained. Um Overall, yeah, this one is probably a little bit better of an opener to look at than uh, to start with than I would say um, the first one, How to Kill a Computer. Um, yeah. This one's a little more, uh, gives you a better idea of a standard Dirty Pair story. It's like, here's a problem. The 3WA has been called. Send in the Dirty Pair. Shenanigans ensue. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and you you get a better idea of how they act in like situations and stuff. They they come off as a lot more like capable in this one than they do in the last one, where they kind of came off as a little bratty mm -hmm. in the first episode. Yeah, they so. can still be bratty. I mean, you know, it's like basically it's like they they are intelligent, but in a very narrow focus. Yeah, I if mean, they're, they're not on the if they're not on the job. They're both a couple of airheads, quite honestly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're easily distracted. Have no idea where their parents are. Yeah. <laughs> Gooley is their parent. Gooley is dad. Yeah. Long suffering dad who can't control his teenage adopted daughters. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, Liam, what are your thoughts overall on this episode? It's it's fun. Um. I it definitely shows its age a little bit. With some of the, uh, it's just how it presents itself, you know, with Kay asking, does he have chest hair, you know? Because, <laughs> honestly, that wouldn't matter ever nowadays. Razors but, exist. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's it's fun. It, it gives a good, um, it, it gives a good showcase of Kay and Yuri in a situation. It's a good way to world build, kind of explain how society has kind of gotten to the point of Dirty Pair. And, yeah, Ghoulie is just a fun character for them to play off of because he's so intrinsically an opposite to who they are. You mean Grave as opposed to Ghoulie? Great. Yeah, Grave. Sorry, that's what I meant. <laughs> I mean Ghoulie, too, but, you know. <laughs> More so Grave in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, Rosen, what are your thoughts overall on this? Yeah, I thought it was fun. I, uh, I'm, like, had I been a kid at, or, like, a teenager at the time, I probably would have been a big fan. Just, uh... Knowing what, like, the groundwork it laid for other stuff, I feel like I would appreciate it more as a history piece than an actual show. Hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll see what we what we talk about as we move into uh, that. Pretty much covers episode two, so we're gonna go on to episode three. Again, the extremely <laughs> awkward title. Go ahead, fall in love. Love is Russian roulette. Which is Although kind of it does, makes, it does make sense given the context of the episode. Given the context of the episode, it makes sense, and it's also a subtle nod to the theme song for yeah, the TV series, which is called Russian Roulette. Yeah. Although, which makes me think the people behind this show have no idea what Russian Roulette actually is. 
They're they're the kind of people who would put put all but one bullet in the chamber instead of just one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Very lucky. They're very lucky. That's what I'm getting at. Yes, they are. Um. So this one is very much a gambling themed uh, episode. Um, the basic premise here, uh, we start off with someone breaking into a vault somewhere, looking to steal what appears to be some sort of, you know, casino chip, poker chip thing, and dying immediately. Um, this chip is apparently known as the Golem Chip, and is apparently like the most, like one of the luckiest good luck charms in the galaxy, um, which are currently in the hands of a gentleman with the name, and I swear I am not making this up. Cabrera Carpenter Air de King. Even the show admits this is a mouthful. <laughs> uh, he, we're just going to call him King for short because that's how the rest of the um, how the rest of the uh, episode refers to him. So He's King my is a pe- Code Geass character. <laughs> fun, pretty fun to play as in Tekken. Alright, well, this particular king is a gambler. Like, almost everything in him, in, in his life, revolves around games of chance. Like, even when we see the guy breaking into the vault, the keypad is not numbers, it is playing cards. Um, you know, uh, so apparently, we don't get any details, but apparently King somehow ripped off the 3WA. We don't know how, we don't know for how much. And pretty much, like, this episode does not waste time. As soon as we're back from the title card, immediately it's like, boom, Kay and Yuri's vacation is canceled. Kay's not happy about it. Boom, they're arriving on the planet. Boom, they're at the casino looking for looking for Kay. Uh, yeah, this this episode does not waste time. <laughs> Although, admittedly, there is a, a sequence which I absolutely love where Kay's bitching about in there, and they're driving, like, a goddamn cargo truck, because it's the only thing they could rent that was big enough for Moogie. And they're driving through this city, and Kay is just not paying attention to traffic, like, at all. Yuri's just over here navigating left, right, right, left, right, and Kay's just making the turns immediately. Like, there's a great overhead shot of them driving through traffic and just ignoring the lights and oncoming traffic, and you just see this huge string of clusters and crashes behind them. You know, and again, this is one of those things which is great about, which I love about the 80s sci-fi anime aesthetic, and indeed, like a lot of sci-fi anywhere in the 80s, is just the stuff that nobody thought of. They think of all this stuff, we have hover cars, we've got rocket packs, we've got spaceships, and we can travel past the speed of light, and yet for some reason we don't have GPS. Yeah. (laughs) We still have paper maps. (laughs) Paper maps and photographs. It's retro, baby. That is absolutely one of the things that they would have to do if they made a new... Give them cell phones. Yeah. Um, Or, you know, just wrist-mounted things that do the same thing. Oh, jeez. Anyway, um, so they arrive at this casino. Um, They're dressed for the occasion, because apparently this entire planet, that it's basically, you know, Planet Vegas, more or less, is the implication. Um, again, again, Cowboy Bebop. Yep. <laughs> anyway, or Star Wars, weirdly enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only without, only in this case, uh, you know, without the social commentary. Heyo! And fuck you, Star Wars fans. I don't give a shit. Don't at me. <laughs> You're all horrible. Don't at me. <laughs> oh boy. That'll get the hits up. You betcha. 
Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> so they arrive at the casino, and um, and can, can we? I don't want to seem like a perv, but can we talk about Kay's dress for a minute? Yeah, it's barely <laughs> on. <laughs> Kay's got a backless gown that literally goes down and shows off the top of her ass. Showing quite clearly that Kay ain't wearing shit underneath that dress. It's that fucking Virgin Killer meme. Pretty much before the Virgin yeah. Killer meme started. Yeah, Which, but I mean, look at what they wear for work. Yeah, but even then, one could argue that's a little more modest than than that dress. I mean, I'm not I'm not slut shaming here. Women can wear whatever the hell they want, and as we disclaimer, we've, disclaimer, yeah. Women can wear whatever the hell they want, and as we've implied, you know, as we've said, Kay and Yuri are very comfortable with their sexuality. In fact, half the reason that Kay is pissed that their vacation got canceled is that Kay and Yuri's plan, they were just going to go topless and drive all the men crazy. Yep. And yep. she was very excited about this possibility. <laughs> um, hmm. That's not subtext, she just outright says it. <laughs> That's text. That's text. Um... Anyway, but it's just a it's just a very weird dress, especially later when the action starts and she's kicking ass in that dress, and you realize that guy just got a big view of everything. Yep, he's probably in too much pain to appreciate it, but he did. Yeah. Um. So they find Kate. They run into a guy named Sydney, um, who uh, has glasses and all that because you know future. We still have glasses and suits and tuxedos. No cell phones, no uh, no cell phones, no GPS. Uh, it's the future. <laughs> We're going to find those are just... that. That's what it is. That's the secret. It's just totally... They decided it's totally inefficient technology, and we needed to go back to the other stuff. Yeah. Like, pay phones were much better than cell phones. <laughs> Unlike now, we can actually... They can actually admit that their technology isn't ready for prime time. <laughs> anyway, um... So they meet up with Sydney, who's apparently King's assistant, and uh, Kay and Yuri. Kay makes a bet with him about how long it's going to take him to get King's attention, and she says, "I can. We can meet him in ten minutes, and he'll be interested in us." And the loser has to buy dinner. So uh, Sydney takes him to King, who is playing blackjack against some other people. Um, Yuri totally blows Kay's mind and dumps thirty thousand credits onto the table. On one hand, and stakes it on one hand. I also like to live dangerously. <laughs> yes. And, um, so they play blackjack. And, uh, you know, Kay had no idea that Yuri even had 30,000 credits on her, apparently. And, uh, while they're, while they're, while they're getting ready, while they're playing and they're dealing the cards, Kay's over there thinking, you know, with 30,000 credits... If we win this, we'll have 60,000 credits. We can take a three-year vacation on that. And not that I ever would, but that's a six-year vacation for one person. <laughs> it is a pretty funny moment. It is. Yeah. It's like, Kay will sell... These two will sell each other out in a heartbeat. You know they will. Right. Yep. But if anybody else fucks with them, that's, that's when it gets personal. It's like, we'll sell each other out all day long, but somebody else comes along? No. No. Only we get to do that. Only we get to sell each other out. <laughs> and bitch at each other and call each other names. Um, 
anyway, so King deals, and basically, uh, you know, we we do the I I I too like to live dangerously thing. Uh, typical blackjack rules: they get one face up card, one face down card. Yuri doesn't even look at her face down card, and just immediately says she's going to stay. Uh, King has King flips his over. He has sixteen. He draws a four, so that gives him twenty. Yuri flips her face card. She's got a she's got a face card up. She flips the face down card over, and it's an eighteen. And Kay immediately we win. No, we lost, dummy. <laughs> we lost, dummy. The face cards are worth ten. I have eighteen. He's got twenty. <laughs> Cut to the bar, <laughs> where Kay is lamenting the loss of the thirty thousand credits. And he's like, where did it, where, do you know how much money that was? Yuri's response, we can just put it on the expense account. Oh, yeah. Cool. It's work-related. Yeah, they yeah, it's technically a work expense. <laughs> um, but it turns out that even though they lost that game, Kay won the bet with Sydney because King is, in fact, very interested with them, in them. So he invites them to his house. They head off. In the limo that's being driven by Sydney, uh, Moogie and Nanmo are following in the giant truck. Nanmo is driving. Let me point out, Nanmo is about two and a half feet tall. <laughs> and basically, well, it, was, it was between him and Man Bear. Which one do you? Oh my God, Man Bear Cat. Yeah. Thing. They get around it. Nanmo has a mechanical claw that comes out of the top of his head. Uh, he also has a periscope. So you know. So he's down on the floor with his feet on the pedal and driving that way. Not well. <laughs> Not well in the slightest. Because, as it turns out, King is so paranoid about his own security that to get to his house, you have to drive through a hedge maze. And not only do you have to drive through this hedge maze with extremely sharp turns, leading to yet another bit where Sydney's more or less jostling Kay and Yuri around in the back seat, and not in the good way, um, yeah, not in the Dojinchi way. <laughs> um, there's also apparently some sort of transponder or something in the car to signal that it is a car that should be coming to the house. Otherwise, it sets off traps in the maze. Which Moogie and Nanmo discover after driving straight through about four or five walls of the maze. Yeah. <laughs> and they get the truck gets blown up. They're fine. And they get out and all that. Um... So Kay and Yuri get to the house. Uh, Sydney brings them in, then tells them good luck, walks through the door, and yeah, we're basically in the, hello, I am a Bond villain. Here are all my rich asshole friends in this other room. We're going to pit these two against various things in order to make mo- in order to make bets on them. It's Ooh, that- we're going purging. Yeah. We're going what? Purging. Purging, like the purge? Oh, purging. I thought you said Persian. I'm like, no, bad thing to say at this point in time, geopolitically speaking. No, 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 no. Wow. Worst podcast ever. (laughs) We're the worst. Hooray. Trouble Consultants, episode three. We're going Persian. (laughs) We're not calling it that. We are not calling it that. No. Which is ironic, really, since, you know, Lindsay Ellis just put up a video all about the Persian from the Phantom of the Opera. (laughs) Oh, God. Good video if you haven't seen it. Go watch it. Anyway, um, so they're first off put up against basically Mongo from Blazing Saddles. (laughs) I was thinking of of Bobo. Bobo, yeah. 
you know, or a Bobo from Double Dragon, or good, yeah, yeah, just a big, big, burl, big, fat, honking giant dude that yep. they somehow managed to beat. Um, oh yeah, this is the way I almost forgot. This was important when Sydney shows first when they first arrive at the mansion. Sydney pats him down. And he notices Kay's got, like, this little bead in her necklace that's, like, looking a little more high-tech, but he's like, doesn't look like a weapon to me, and then he leaves. Well, this is the dirty pair. They are loaded. They've got weapons everywhere. Yeah. Um, that little bead turns out to be some sort of, like, flash bomb, uh, which takes out, you know, Mongo. I don't know what the hell it's actually called. I just call him Mongo. And yeah. burns out the cameras, so they can't. So King and his rich asshole friends can't tell what the hell's going on, and they're trying to get it back up. Um, as it turns out, oh yeah, no, sorry, it didn't take up Mongo. Yuri's necklace is like a garrote, which apparently can only knock people out. Okay, sure, because sure. <laughs> that's how that works. Um, and they've got like explosives and the garter and all that, you know, James Bond kind of shit, but for girls. Um, so they, um, they head out looking for the, looking for the chip in the vault and all that. Um, so things kind of get in there and then basically, you know, shenanigans happen. Uh, King's, King's goons who have their own power armor suits show up. Kay and Yuri kind of blast their way through and whatnot. Um, King also apparently has a personal fortune teller. On side on 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 retainer, who sticks around? Um, we saw that we see them at the beginning when the first unsuccessful heist of the chip happens, and they say trouble's coming and all that. And then the uh, the fortune teller shows up and decides to go take a look at things himself, take a look at things uh, herself. Um, and uh, pretty much. Um, they uh, they run the girls run into Sydney again, and Sydney and basically says, "Didn't your superiors tell you you'd be working with me?" So apparently Sydney's the one who tipped off the three WA uh, as to where to find King in this chip. Again, we don't know why the hell the three WA wants the chip, or what the hell the actual purpose of this mission is. So we're just gonna go with it. Just like here, bad guy here, go deal with bad guy. We're just gonna call it that, I guess. Um, so Sydney tells him that the security system surrounding the vault where the chip is being kept is on a, is on a completely separate thing from the regular, uh, from the regular, uh, security system, which, uh, Moogie and Nanmo managed to shut down because Nanmo is in no way an R2-D2 ripoff. Not at all. No, no, and no, how no, dare no, you no. suggest such a thing? Not in the slightest. <laughs> no. Um, so... Non-canon bastard. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, um, non-canon bastard. Yeah, because Nanmo's not in the light novels, and in fact, he does not appear in anything after this TV series. After this is done, Nanmo just vanishes from the franchise completely. Yeah. Back into the forest. <laughs> Crusher Joe actually has a similar little robot friend. Which might be why Nanmo was put in there to begin with. Again, yeah. totally not because of R2-D2. No, 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 no. Not at all. Um, no, 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 no. no. Yeah, yeah, yes, but no. Anyway, um, 
Anyway, so uh, they so basically, uh, Sydney tells um, Kay and Yuri that if they shut down the fusion reactor that powers the house, that'll shut down the that will uh, shut down the security around the vault, and they can get the chip. So they split up. Kay goes to shut down the reactor. Yuri goes to hit the vault. Well, Kay manages to shut down the reactor, and then the self destruct turns on because, of course, it does. Oops. Oops. <laughs> In fact, Kay runs into an apparently injured Sydney later and um, <laughs> upstairs and it's just like, oh, sorry, I forgot to tell you about the self-destruct. Motherfucker. <laughs> that, kind of a big thing we, to slip your mind. And now we have less than five minutes and it actually is less than five minutes. We're not <laughs> operating on GPT time yet. Yeah, it's like basically, yeah, it's like basically it's like it says the self-destruct will happen in ten minutes. And if anything, it moves a little faster than these normal kinds of things does. Yeah, you know, time is uh, time is quicker in the future. Space yep. is warped and time is bendable. Anyway, <laughs> so um, in the vault, uh, Yuri gets to the door, and um, the uh, the fortune teller passes by, and she's like, she gives her like this weird look as she goes, but she gets in there, and like everybody, like all of King's asshole friends are in the vault, because I guess everybody wants this chip since it's supposed to be, like, the ultimate good luck charm and bring wealth and prosperity to you, no matter what. Yeah. Um, all, the, all the king's horses and all the king's asshole. So they, uh, so Yuri manages to... Somebody finds the chip. Yuri pulls one of the great things, like, I found it! Yay! Good for you! Smack! Swipe! Yeah. <laughs> Yoink! <laughs> Yoink! <laughs> and um, they get out... Right as the thing blows up, um, Sydney heroically volunteers to stay behind to make sure that that the because he says that the that he can that the self destruct will wipe out the entire grounds rather than just the house, but he can adjust things to do it. But he's going to have to stay behind, which he does. And Kay and Yuri head, and then the next thing we see is Kay and Yuri driving back to the airport, having discovered that the chip they found, uh, the chip Yuri swiped, is in fact a fake. It's yep. a fake. But there's a twist. Ooh. Because it turns out Sydney's alive. Yeah. Yay. And he's Yay. got the actual chip because he because because uh, basically he was not only pretending to be King's assistant, he was also pretending to be the fortune teller. For 4 years. He was working the long con. He's a criminal mastermind. <laughs> It was undone by the fact that Yuri smelled the exact same perfume on him that she smelled on the fortune teller. <laughs> so they catch up. So Kay and Yuri catch up with Sydney at the at the airport at the spaceport, and um, he says, "I just want to." And he's like, "Okay, you got me. You get to take the chip, fine. But hey, can I do one more bet on it? Can I do one more bet?" To uh, just to see if this thing actually works the way it's supposed to, and Kay tosses him the chip, which you might think is a dumb thing because, as is shown, he immediately swaps it out with a fake. With a, uh, he immediately swaps it out with a fake of his own, with another fake. Does the flip, runs off, and it's like basically, up, oh, darn it, I lose. I guess I still owe you. I owe you dinner. Yep, and then runs off. I really liked you. <laughs> just runs down the hallway. I had a great time. I had a great time. Thank you for the thank you. You have a lovely home. Um, <laughs> uh, 
And then he support looks. Support me on Patreon. Support me on Patreon. Subscribe to my podcast. Oh, I do pointless, endless videos about how Star Wars is ruined now. Um, <laughs> Actually, maybe don't watch those. Actually, don't watch those. You know, I've unlisted them. I've unlisted them. I've unlisted them. YouTube's stealing all my ad money, even though they keep pointing me, putting me in all, even though the algorithm keeps promoting me. Anyway. Oh, oh God, I'm going to get What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Star Wars is awful? No. No, that's not what we're talking about. Um, Star Wars fans are awful. But, again, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Somewhere Go up to Bruce Tim at a convention and say, Bruce Tim, you son of a bitch, I knew it was you. I can smell you from a mile away. <laughs> you son of a bitch. You did the fucking predator handshake. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, that's basically it. Right? I mean, that's pretty well, almost, it. almost, because, of course, as it turns out, he's on his ship flying out, and he discovers, oh, shit, it's a fake of their own, with Kay's face sticking her tongue out at her. Yeah. Because, of course, they're not dumb enough to give him the actual thing. <laughs> and that's pretty much it, and pretty much the episode ends with Kay and Yuri, with Yuri giving Kay shit about liking Sydney. And literally ends on, do not, do two, do not, do two, do not, do two. I said, it's it's cute, and it endears the relationship. It does. This is a fun episode. This is this is a really fun episode. Um, again, you know, you can usually see where most of the twists are coming, I, uh, except possibly for Sydney being the old woman. Uh, but, you know, in terms of just sheer anarchic fun... It's a lot. I, I I do really like this episode, but I'm a sucker for anything with a casino or gambling theme to it. Um, what do you think, Liam? I honestly think this might have could have been a better first episode. It probably could. I, I would agree I with feel that. Like this would have established their relationship a lot better and what they're good at and what they do for the series. Um, I, I think if it had been placed before How to Kill a Computer, I think. For a lot of like new watchers, I feel like it could have been like, oh, okay, so I've got a good idea here. Actually, like, kind of clever because Yuri gets to be super clever in this episode. Yeah, she does, and, and, and it's it's really an endearing like moment, and it's really an effective moment because you're like, oh, you know, the, these aren't just two bubbleheads. Like they actually have competence, and there's a reason that they're in the you know the three WA, and they're not just fired. Yeah, because you know? <laughs> they get the job done. Yeah, they actually get the job done. Regardless so. of all the property damage and death, yeah, we we also, overlook we overlook the death. We just focus on the property damage in this series, exactly, but. and the fact that Kay is a shit driver. Necessary, yeah. um, sometimes casualties are necessary. Yeah. Uh, also, Sydney is a cheap dime store. Carson D. Carson. He is. Uh, we will be talking more about Carson D. Or well, well I don't know this, if he's a cheap dime store. He's probably the prototype for Carson D. Carson. Yeah. He's the ninety-nine cent store. Uh, Carson D. Carson. You don't even know who that is. I must say, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> uh, Carson D. Carson, uh, for those of you, we will be talking more about the about the, Carson the D. God, the God King himself, Carson D. Carson, Carson D. Carson, Esquire, PhD. Uh, we will be talking about him uh, when we get to the Dirty Pair feature film Project Eden, which will be after we get through the TV series. That'll be a while. <laughs> We're going to try to get these episodes out a little more frequently, but we'll do that housekeeping in a minute. Uh, Rosen, what did you think of the episode overall? Yeah, I, I liked it. I, I think uh, I think it was a pretty fun time. 
even though I came in in the middle of the series, despite there not being, you know, uh, continuity, or not, like, episode-to-episode continuity. I liked it. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I, I don't... Yeah, I don't really have All much right, so to add. We'll, we'll ask this, since you're the new person as well, who's new to Dirty Pair. Having seen these two episodes, is this a series uh, which you would consider watching the rest of at some point? At some point, sure, why not? Like, I'd probably watch it with friends and stuff. All right. Cool. All right, because we might... We were talking about this in the last, in the last episode, uh, that we might have uh, people who've been on before come back... Now they know what Dirty Pair is about and see what they think of later installments in the franchise. So, yeah. we'll, uh, we might have you back. Would you like to come back? Sure, why not? Sure, why not? <laughs> sure, why not? Why That's not? Could you please take this gun away from my head? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you my. know, as, as we're recording this, I realize I've never really watched the OVA series. So that's going to be an interesting experience for me. It will. It yeah. will. Because I actually, I was given it as a gift, so I can watch it. So Yay! It. Yeah, um, we're going to have to get, like, creative, because it used to be Nozomi had, like, everything on their YouTube channel. And, and you know, I asked, like, I asked Funimation, because they made a deal with Noz- Nozomi, um, if they're going to have Dirty Pair, but they haven't said anything about it. Like, they haven't said if there's an announcement is going to be on Funimation now. On Funimation so, or Verve or something like that? I don't know. Uh, well, it won't be on Verve. Verve doesn't work with Funimation. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know I don't know the ins and outs of... Yeah. Well, that's why I'm here. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> I'm old. No, like, I can't keep I, I can't keep up with your, you kids and your Verve and your high dive. And your crunchy rolls. <laughs> is crunchy <laughs> roll even a Verve. thing or is Verve replaced it? I don't know. Yeah. No, Crunchyroll is still around, even though Verve is just Crunchyroll with more stuff. Yes. And High Dive. So, yeah. Verve is a crunchier form of the Crunchyroll. Exactly. Yes. Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll. Crunchiest roll. Crunchiest roll. <laughs> um, God. Anyway, back in my day, oh, I've told this story to these guys before, but I'll share it with all of us. Back in my day, gang, you paid $50 for a VHS tape with two episodes, maybe three, if you were lucky. And that tradition is carried on by Aniplex today. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of ones that do that, and I'm like, guys, come on. You're not fooling anyone. You can't you can't you can't use the import fees excuse the one, anymore. The yeah, one that pissed me off the most was uh Kagiyasama, which it's a standard thirteen episode show, hundred bucks, no dub. A hundred bucks and no dub. Yeah, yeah, fuck that. Fuck that! It's, it's Seriously, I mean, the- look, Nozomi released... Okay, so as far as the releases by Nozomi of Dirty Pair, um, before this release by Nozomi on DVD and whatnot, um, Dirty Pair had, like, a lot of anime, like, a lot of run- long-running anime, had a bunch of different licenses for different people. Um, mm-hmm. Affair in Nolandia was released on VHS over here by Streamline and dubbed into English. Uh, Flight 005 Conspiracy Project Eden, also uh, done by Streamline. Later, ADV got a hold of it and released not only re-released not only Affair of the Landia, Flight 005, and Project Eden. They also released the OVA series, um, and they did their own dubs. But they also included the Streamline dubs for the three projects that had been dubbed before. And so. Um, Nozomi are actually the first people who released the Dirty Pair TV series 
And uh, they didn't spring because they're a fairly new company, from what I understand. They're, they're, they're Right Stuff's uh, distributing company. Right. Right, but Stuff, they, right Stuff Anime distributes their anime through Nozomi. Right. Which, so. basically, they're still a fairly new company, is relatively speaking, compared to, like, yeah. Funimation or somebody like that. Or even, like, Discotech. Yeah. So. Um, so, like a lot of new companies, they got the license, and it's cheaper to just sub and not have to pay voice actors to do a dub, pay translators right. and writers to do a dub. Um, so the D the Dirty Pair TV series is available sub only. Um, and, uh, yeah, as we go along... Uh, but Plus, it was probably going to be really hard to get the original audio from, from Sunrise. So that's probably why they didn't even bother trying to dub it. Yeah, so. but who knows? Well, they, they might find a way to they, they might find a way to do it later. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. Um, but regardless, uh, I completely forgot what my point was. Uh, that they're releasing it. Cheaply. Oh right, right, right. That they're releasing yeah. it cheaply. Like, okay, they released um, the TV series in two sets of thirteen episodes each, dubbed. I'm uh, not dubbed. Sorry, subbed, and they were each only twenty bucks. Yeah, I mean, a hundred bucks for a thirteen-episode series with no dub. I mean, come on, that's just a scam. Yeah, that's actually, just... you can you can get the DVDs right now. I I don't know. As of this recording, they were having a three-day weekend, three three-day um sale where you could get them for like twenty bucks. Yeah, this would be like um this would be roughly uh, early February of twenty twenty for those. Yeah, if you want to if you want to timestamp the first week. Uh. Oh fuck it! Who cares? It's the fifth of it's the fifth of February, twenty twenty, when we're recording this. Um, fuck it! <laughs> fuck it! Who cares? Who cares about timelessness? I don't. No. <laughs> um. Anyway, so uh, that pretty much covers it. Uh, we will be moving on in our next thing, and I think we will continue doing two episodes at a time because this seems to work out fairly well. Yeah. Um, I think we like this. Um, it'll he also help us get through these episodes a little faster. Mm-hmm. Are we going to do the OVAs before we do Project Eden? Um, we are doing this in chronological order of release. So okay. we started with Affair of Nolandia, which came out in 84, I want to say. We have the TV series, which came out in 85. Uh, then we're going to do Project Eden, which was 87. And then I believe okay. the OVAs came out in 88, 89, thereabouts. Right. And then... Uh, like Flight 005 was like it. It was like yeah, only that was 1990. It was 1990 yeah. when Flight 005 came out. That was the yeah. last thing until Dirty Pair Flash. Which I own that too, actually. I mean, I. <laughs> oh God. We'll see. I'm still on the fence about that. We'll go we'll across that bridge when we get to it. Yeah, so. because. It's an interesting story how Dirty Pair Flash came about, but from everything I've seen, I've only seen clips of it, it's everything... I kind of fell out of love with anime in the 90s, yeah, because I just hated the character Flash. designs, I hated just about everything about it. Like, once you get around 95, it's like, ugh... <laughs> Speaking of um, adaptations, we might have mentioned this in a previous episode, but Seven Seas has actually released an omnibus of the um, of the manga that came out like ten years ago. Yeah, which adapts so, the um, which adapts the first uh, light novel, right? And you know, basically puts them in tube tops with the three yeah. WA logo across it, and I they're like giant boobs. 
I like Kay's hair in it. I think yeah. she's got a. I like her hair design. Yeah, so it's nice. But again, mammoth Gonzo boobs. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 curvy. It's a curvy series. It's a curvy series, which again is one of those things that I actually really like more about um, the anime, in that they have a more real. They both have a more realistic body type. Yeah, you know, curvy, but like not ridiculously so. Not like Barbie doll with inflated balloons kind of curvy. (laughs) Anyway, um, so yeah, we're going to do the next two episodes next time. Uh, Those will be uh, (laughs) episode four, which I think has the best title ever um, for any of these episodes. Pursuit has the smell of cheesecake and death. I love that title. Yep. Love that title. That's pretty good. And then the heartbeat of Cryados. Less good. Less good. My, my, my favorite Star Trek episode. The heartbeat of Cryados. Yeah. Starring Ricardo Maltabon and Doctor Joyce Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, let's go ahead. Um, Rosen, you've 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 got a podcast. Yes, I do. I I am uh, one of four co-hosts of the One Crazy Weekend podcast, where we're. Uh, we cover all of the many, many shows of Wrestling Weekend every year. All right. Which is, uh, you can find that on Apple Podcasts, on uh, podcast.com. Uh, you can follow it on Twitter at One Crazy Podcast. Uh, I also have my own uh, stream stuff, which you can follow on uh, twitch.tv slash Rosen underscore Thorn with an E at the end. Uh, Rosen underscore Thorn with an E at the end is also my Twitter. And no underscore for my Patreon, though, but that's linked to the Twitter. Uh also, we have in the works, and we'll hopefully be out by the first episode. Will hopefully be out by the time uh, this goes up. Uh, Liam and I are co-producing JoJo's Abridged Adventure. That's right. Yep. All right, Liam. Which what is, do you yeah. What do you got to plug aside from JoJo's Abridged Adventure? Um. Oh yeah, Aaron Stark in that. I forgot. Yes. Yes, I am <laughs> playing, playing Dio. Yes, I am playing Dio. And if you're expecting a lot of over-the-top nonsense, you're going to be very disappointed. I have chosen to play Dio as the most bored criminal mastermind of all time. (laughs) You have no idea how well that fits. (laughs) I don't have much on the pipeline right now, but I'm mostly focusing on my writing and voice acting as of right now. Um, But you can catch me on the Dub Talk podcast. I show up there every once in a while. Just look up Dub Talk on YouTube and you should find that. Um, Not much else. I may get back to YouTube sooner or later, but right now I just kind of just waiting right now i'm trying to find like a good stable job focusing on that and just again trying to keep up with my voice acting and writing but you can find me at like the watcher on twitter um and instagram stuff like that pretty much just look like the watcher and you can find me so all right and uh, you can find me on youtube youtube.com slash dubious con i'm currently at the beginning I have a long way to go of a retrospective on the direct-to-video films uh, in the Scooby-Doo franchise, the 30-plus films of Scooby-Doo, because I'm fairly certain by the time I get to have film 30, there's going to be at least one more. Um, I mean, Scoob. Yeah, well, Scoob may not be covered, because I'm covering the direct-to-DVD ones, but I might cover I may cover it. I don't know. i got to see it first to see if there's anything I want to talk about, aside from fuck Warner Brothers for screwing over the actual voice cast. Yep. And yeah. hey, I might be on one of those episodes. Maybe. 
In the future. In the future, the way will be told to you by a small box mounted on your dashboard. <laughs> In the year 2000. <laughs> anyway, uh, you can also follow me on Twitter. Twitter at Shallow15, S-H-A-L-L-O-W-1-5. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I've got going. I also have a Patreon if you like uh, Trouble Consultants and would like to throw a couple of bucks this way. Uh, Patreon.com slash DubiousCon, D-U-B-I-O-U-S-K-H-A-N. And uh, that's all that stuff there. Uh, so uh, thank you once again to Liam for continuing this madness and for uh, Rosen for joining us. Uh, anybody got any final thoughts? Anything? Nothing! Uh, Great! Thanks, guys! That's fantastic! <laughs> My friends, ladies and gentlemen, leaving me twisted in the wind with dead well, air! <laughs> I was about to say, I like pie. Well, who doesn't? <laughs> I was going to say something stupid. Well, there we go. We're going to end on that as we, you know, cheesecake and cheesecake that smells like death and everybody likes pie. <laughs> Thank you for and listening. The angels don't like death and don't like chest hair. They do not like chest hair at all. No. And they don't like chest hair in their pie either. Um, <laughs> I'm moving on. No, actually, I think we're going to stop right there. Worst yeah. podcast ever. <laughs> Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>